House of Lucy is an artist known for her recasting of porcelain dolls and subverting of old images. Reimagining old figurines and artworks, she adds a modern twist, aiming to twist the everyday and the banal, she adds a truly modern dimension into her work. From a background in publishing, she has since taken the leap into being a full-time artist, moving from the pages of magazines into the world of online art selling. We talk about it all. This is Art Related Noise. We started experimenting with painting. There's so many avenues with art. We're surrounded by images. Just being lost in this sea of possibility. Announcing that I was going to be an artist. It brings the work I do alive even more. They could be part of this work as well. Everyone's got their own personal connection to something. Hello, welcome to Art Related Noise, the podcast of the Enter Gallery in Brighton. My guest today uh, is Lucy Bryant. Hi Lucy. Hello Stuart, nice to meet you. A fellow Londoner. Absolutely. Until only recently actually, because I think you're moving down to Brighton, aren't you Sue? I am, literally in seven days time. <laughs> so it's quite, it's quite strange to be here today knowing that next week I'll be here permanently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we could have we just, if only we just left it a week. Yeah, I know, but you know. <laughs> You win some, you lose some. Yeah, no, you do. I mean, it's 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 it's. I mean, it's pretty good that we're here because obviously the art-related noise podcast is the Enter Gallery podcast, and I know that you've been working with um, Enter Gallery for a while. So tell me about the relationship with uh, with those guys. So my husband used to work for the NME, and he had a meeting with one of the guys from Art Republic, and I didn't know this, but unbeknownst to me, my husband took a couple of my pictures in and just laid them around the office. And when the guy came in, he said, oh, these are really interesting. Like, who are these by? And Jason said, oh, it's an artist that we, we're looking at doing something with the archive. But here's her number and email address. Didn't say anything, of course, about being married to me. So guy got back in touch with me. And that's how I started working with Art Republic, because I didn't want there to be any hint of nepotism whatsoever. Yeah, yeah that was in 2018, I believe. Oh, um, well, so quite, quite recently. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, oh. maybe, maybe 2017, but certainly no, no earlier than that. Then Enter became the huge, I don't want to say beast, but you know, the, <laughs> sort of the, the dons of the art world that they are now. And I've done a couple of yard sales with them as well, which has been fantastic. So that's, that's how it started. And since then, I've just been adding to my roster of ceramic figurines and the prints that I do as well. I kind of split my time 50-50 between doing my digital work and then my physical 3D ceramic sculpture work which is why I describe myself as a multimedia artist. So I can be on the computer sort of poodling around with a, with a Photoshop file and then five minutes later over to the desk to, to make a tiny, tiny miniature bag of what's to go on the lap of one of the figurines. So I try to make all of the miniature bits of food myself. And for people, for people that don't actually know what I do, I take ceramic figurines that you you find in antique shops and junk shops i source them on ebay i find them in charity shops and then they usually speak to me somehow if they've got like a hand up then i want to put a donut in there or a burger or a bottle of wine so that it kind of resonates with you and i just want what i do to be quite accessible and and humorous and then same for my print work as well. So yeah, I kind of do split my time between all of the, the sort of the mediums and I'd say enter sell an equal amount of both the three D work and the and the print work that I do. Your figurines are, you know, something that are utterly striking. 
I mean, when you when you see them and you, you look at them from a distance, you might just think, okay, this is a, a porcelain, you know, figure mm. that, that that would look good on my grandma's mantelpiece. Yeah, good. Right. Loose, loosely. Good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, uh, the pride of place. The ornaments that are pride of place. And you go, don't you touch that. Yeah. Uh, don't you go near that uh, special place. This is this is what I have to <laughs> deal with growing up. But then when you look closer and you've got all these different elements to them so you're really bringing them more you know certainly into modern day but you're subverting them as well in in many ways aren't you you're how did you get into that what was the what was the genesis of that idea I had my eureka moment when I was in a charity shop in south London called Emmaus who do a lot of furniture and bits and pieces bric-a-brac and there was a figurine in there with her hands up before her face and it just it was just begging to have a burger put into those hands. I mean, it was just weird that she didn't have anything in her hands because they were, you know, they were just placed so. So I bought her, took her home, and then taught myself how to make the miniature food out of polymer clay. And I use um, FIMO because that's a really good, a really good malleable type of polymer clay. And you bake it in the oven, a bit like, it's like plasticine. And once you bake it in the oven, then it goes um, solid. So using YouTube tutorials, and there are many on there, believe it or not, how to make a miniature burger, how to make the tiny lettuce and the tomatoes and the sesame seeds and the bun and the patty and everything. So every time, actually, that I need to make something new, I'll, I'll be Googling how to make miniature mushrooms. And then there's a tutorial that shows you how it's very random. Um, so she was my first, and I dripped, I remember dripping kind of ketchup down her dress as well. I did sell her myself through Instagram. I wasn't with a gallery at that point. She sold in about a week, so I thought, I think there's something in this that people seem to like. And then it just went from there. I think the next figurine I did was called A Walk in the Park. And it was a very elegant lady with two dogs on leads. And I put her in an Adidas hoodie. And that one went as well. So it just went from there. So what sort of timescale are we talking about? When, 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 did, when was this started? So again... It all started around the same time. Oh. Yeah, it was like I had this kind of, this explosion of creativity. It just went poof. And suddenly I was just so prolific. I'd get up in the morning and do my day job. During during my lunch hour, I'd be doing some digital work on, on a picture that I'd found and then coming home and doing some work on the figurines. So yeah, it was just just all around maybe late 2017. Gosh, that mm. that's a very re- relatively recent. Definitely. And, and what what about your artistic practice bef- before that? What were you? What would you I say was, you'd focus on? Well, I was putting all my creativity into magazines because that was my job. So I've been a magazine designer since 1997, and I started at Kerrang, which was uh, you know, I know Kerrang, the, the, yeah. the rock music magazine, yeah. Yeah, metal, and I was there for five years, and then went into the sort of the women's um, realm. So I was working a lot at magazines like Heat and Closer, Now. So I went freelance and worked across a lot of different titles. Then I um, was full-time on a quite a spiritual magazine called Spirit and Destiny, which was actually really fun because there was a lot of creativity involved in that role. Um, as the deputy art director, I got to go on a lot of shoots and um, there was a lot of creative freedom. But as the years went by and budgets were slashed by obviously the publishing company, I just found, found my creativity slightly thwarted and I didn't really have an outlet for it which is why I think I ended up doing what I do now because I just suddenly needed to create my own 
my own vision that wasn't celebrity driven and that just came from me so that's what I was doing before yeah I was doing you know laying out diets and what's Katie Price been up to this week but I suppose that's so interesting because you've got to really make that you know people connect with that and I suppose that's what you're doing with your art now you know you're making a connection with with people as soon as they see it and they say oh my god you can tell a story by the art that you create and I suppose that's what you're doing with magazines as well you've got to get hook people in and it's funny that you you mentioned the like the telling a story because every time I create a new figurine I have to write a story about it so they each each one has its own backstory and that can sometimes take as long as making the figurine itself because I want I want it to be funny and I don't know if I am funny and I'm not saying I'm trying to be funny but if it makes me laugh when I read it back then I think okay I'm happy with that I try to make the stories as relatable as possible during lockdown obviously we've all had similar issues of possibly a little bit too much binge drinking binge watching even binge reading to an extent so I've tried to channel that through my figurines as well people getting up in the morning and, and having beer for breakfast on their on their cereal or watching good morning with holly and phil so yeah i do get a lot of enjoyment out of creating those stories and crafting them and they have always have to conclude in a, a certain way as well so i could be, honestly be at my computer for hours just typing away thinking and it's this is mainly for an instagram post as well but <laughs> They, I have to feel completely satisfied before I sort of send them out into the world. So they've got, they've got their story. So the figurine comes first, and then the story. Is that is that how it? Sometimes works? it's the other way round. Occasionally, I'll see a figurine and I'll know instantly what that figurine's story is, and then I'll take it home and create what needs to be made for it. But other times, yeah, I'll finish the piece and think. So, for example, if you got, um, you know, those ones. Uh, with a couple on a sofa sitting together often they work for me really well with putting snacks around them because they just look like a couple watching tv they look like they're watching goggle box or in fact they look like they're on goggle box because because they're usually quite wealthy they usually become a lord and lady so it'll be lord and lady so and so you know it's cook's night off so tonight they're having to fend for themselves and they've got kfc and a kit kat for for pudding um but other times yeah i'll i'll see one and think i know I know instantly what your story is. So when you're saying you take the figurines, and you mentioned earlier that, you know, if, if there's a burger, you're going to make the burger, and you're going to essentially sculpt the burger. And I'm thinking this is a, a small, tiny, sculpt, teeny, weeny sculpture. I mean, that, that in itself seems a little bit of a different space to be in than the, the magazine designing, which I'm presuming it's more desktop-based. But you're actually going into sculpture. Mm. Was was that very new for you? Completely. Or was it? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I'd never made a... I mean, I actually, I mean, I went to art college, but we it, it was graphics. So there wasn't an awful lot of kind of physical making of things. I've had to teach myself. And I think, you know, sometimes my creations can be a little bit rustic, but I think that adds to the uh, that adds to their charm. But then, it, yes, it looks like it's meant to be part of the, the, the figurine. I mean, I'm just really fascinated by that because, you know, it seems like you've, you know, you're taking quite a vertical leap from one medium and discipline to another and you've just made that leap with with nothing in between it's just like right this is stopped and now I'm making burgers to put on porcelain figures it almost it was almost like that overnight towards the end of 2018 actually um because I was still working full-time but I got approached by Adidas to work on a commission for them and that's something I'd never done before and it was to create 
some pieces for a flagship store that they were opening up on Oxford Street. And that's what kind of gave me the final push to stop working full time and actually become an artist and have the faith that I could actually do this for a full time job, still keep a roof over my head and food on the table just through my art. And that was that was a bit of a learning curve, that that particular commission, because it was the first time I'd done something like that for a very big brand. But it was it also incredible because I came out of it knowing that I could I could do it. Because I think it's very it's very easy for artists to say, oh yes, you know, I'm a full time artist, and you know. but I've always thought, but how? How do you sustain yourself? How do you? I mean, do you do you have a job in the evenings? Do you work in the pub? So I think it's really you know it's important for people to know that some sometimes you do have to sustain your your artistic <coughs> lifestyle with an extra an extra job on the side just to keep the revenue coming in so that you can keep your head above the water you know so far my art has has has, has managed to keep me afloat and i'm grateful for that every single day big decision though isn't it once you once you take that leap because you're absolutely right you know to, you know a lot of artists that i know are working other jobs and and they're trying to commit as much time as they possibly can to their art but obviously you've got you've got to do that you've got to put food on the table food on the table you got to pay the bills and things like that and to be able to step away from that and think right I'm going to focus on this full time that's quite a brave move isn't it yes actually because I'm really risk averse I you know I probably wouldn't even bet a pound on the on the Grand National or anything like that I'm quite nervous about the future and what might happen and people always say to me don't you know don't worry about things because worrying attracts it's the energy yeah definitely yeah the energy just try to sort of think about what you're doing in the here and now but yeah it it, it, it it is a risk and it was a risk and who's to say that it won't still be a risk for me in the future two years down the line people might be saying all oh, those old figurines and load of crap but I, I, I hope being artistic and having sort of creativity there'll always be roles that we can perform I, I you know I, I, I absolutely wouldn't have any issue at all with if I was approached by a company to do something fairly corporate for them, um, I would I would probably consider that definitely. Well, I suppose, and it's an expansion of uh, of everything. You've got to explore, you know, all avenues, don't you? I think that's the that's the thing that I think I take from from a lot of this. You know, yeah. it's the, this concept, this idea of saying yes and being open to yeah whatever the world is going to you know throw at you. Yeah. Yeah, how do you approach that? Absolutely, I'm I'm open to, to to anything really, and I'm not. I don't want to use the word snobby in a, a, a negative way, but I'm 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 not particularly snobby. Certainly not in the art world. My goodness, I'm you know, I like to think I'm as unpretentious as as, as you'll find, and I just you know I just am what I am, and that's all I can be really. <laughs> so just go back to the figurines for a second. Where do you where do you, I'm just curious about where you find them do you do you sort of find yourself going around like old shops and yes and see <laughs> yes okay it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what i do i mean i'm i've taken days out just to go to little towns with the best charity shops for example because they are rich pickings um and i'll i'll spend enjoyable hours just trawling around i'm so happy when i find something good lockdown was really trying because all of the shops were closed and We've just come out of lockdown too, and in the, even in that four week period with the charity shops being closed, it it did thwart my um, my work slightly. But that's where eBay came in. So I used eBay all the way through the summer, and then in this 
period as well. There's a, there's, there, there were a lot of incredible ceramic figurines on eBay to be found. They're a lot more expensive, but they're good. And then I'll go to charity shops, yeah, antique shops, junk shops. Sometimes people even send them to me, which is amazing. Oh wow! So um, if if someone who follows me on Instagram, they might themselves go to a charity shop and see something that they think I might like, they'll drop me a message. And then I'll send them postage and they'll send me the figurine, which is amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. It sounds like you do a lot through Instagram. And then have you have you felt you've been able to connect with a, an audience through that particular medium, particularly in this in the space of time that you've been really focusing in your, on your art? Is... I do. I feel like I've, I've met some really interesting people and I've got some brilliant customers from Instagram and also connected with the artistic community as well so i feel like i'm i'm friends even though we've never met these people with with quite a few different people in the artistic community whether they're collectors themselves or artists as well which is really really nice and people sometimes saying well, what would you do if instagram shut down tomorrow i think i'd be in trouble i really do and i rely on it that's why I think, you know, crafting these, these posts and writing the stories is really important to me. Yeah, I, I, th I think it's an incredible shot window for independent artists as well, because you've got that opportunity to put yourself out there, as well as being with amazing galleries like Enter. You can be your own, kind of your own boss through Instagram as well, and just say what you want to you can get your message out there can't you, you mm -hmm. your, your voice is is you it's your space you can say what this is about and you know if you've got the story behind them i suppose people are connecting to that as well aren't they yeah I hope, well i hope so <laughs> it's nice that you say about you know with, with other artists as well i mean mm -hmm. i know that throughout lockdown you know it's, it's been you know it has been a difficult time for artists because so many people saw galleries shut and and uh, exhibitions cancelled and people be spending lots of time preparing for something only for it to stop cease and yet instagram i've seen it the community has been coming together and mm -hmm. people doing things like the uh, artist support pledge and there's things activities like that happening mm -hmm. which is meaning that it's not only artists but collectors are looking at that well and i, and I use collectors in a loose term mm -hmm. Fans, people that might just want to be interested, Definitely. connecting more with your work. But the artist support pledge was an absolute lifeline because it meant that you did have collectors, but you also had just you know people that would think spending two hundred pounds on a piece of art is a lot of money to oh, them. Oh yes. But it also mm. meant that they could buy something really decent for for a fairly small um, amount of money. And I bought quite a few pieces myself this year, well this summer through the artist support pledge because. You know, for, for, for listeners that don't know about the pledge, essentially you could put up a piece of work and then you'd sell it for less than £200. And once you'd sold up to £1,000 yourself, you then must pledge to buy the art of another artist for £200 or under. So it was a kind of pay it forward scheme. And Matthew Burroughs, who who, um, who actually set the scheme up, he's now been awarded an MBE, which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think that was that was really helpful to me. Um, and I bought a fantastic fried egg oil painting by an artist called Daniel Hawksworth, which is incredible. And every day I look at that and think, oh, wow, you know, I, I, I've got this piece of art because I was, you know, lucky enough to, to sell this work myself, which meant I could buy his work. That artist support pledge has just been incredible, I know, for a lot of different artists. It's been like a little micro-economy, hasn't it? And, and uh, I, yeah, I think that's... 
it has been important. I mean, I remember speaking to, I've spoken to Matthew Barrows myself, I've interviewed him and, and you, you hear about the uh, the thought behind it, mm-hmm. which is this pay it forward yeah. thing. It is about creating a sustainable community that supports one another mm-hmm. and it's built on trust as well. So you, if you sell it, you trust, you just got to trust that somebody's going to support another artist. Yeah. I've also, I mean, I've done a couple of swaps through it as well. Because, oh, nice. So if I liked another artist's work, um, and they liked my work, and we both said, well, we'd, they'd probably be proportionately, you know, equal, then we've done swaps because there wouldn't be much point in us paying each other, if you see what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, so there's another artist that I love called Sarah Maple. She is fantastic. She's very, she's very irreverent and sardonic in her humour, which I really relate to. And she'd created these stone tablets with Daily Mail headlines <laughs> carved from them. Just ridiculous um, statements like Kim Kardashian, where's nude bodysuit, that kind of thing. So I've got one that says Declan Donnelly goes for a wintry stroll. And it's so ridiculous and so brilliant. So I've got that at home. And then I'm, I sent her one of my figurines. Because when, um, in fact, when lockdown first started, you had all the panic buying and I created a lot of figurines all around the, the whole panic buying theme with toilet rolls around them, wearing masks and gloves and all the food heaped at their feet. Um, and they, they proved to be really popular over lockdown, actually, those particular pieces. Gosh, I yeah. bet they were. I remember that panic buying. You look back now and you think, how ridiculous was oh. that? Gosh. I think people were just scared, weren't they? They were scared, but but it was more scary going into the shops and seeing the, the co-op empty. I know, I know. I know, and then you've got the key workers unable to, to get their hands on food at the end of the day. No. The thing with the loo roll was so ridiculous because you're stuck at home. It doesn't matter if you run out of loo roll. You can go and wash your bum. <laughs> yes, indeed. Why do you need to stock up on 50,000 rolls? You don't. So that was um, that used to annoy me very much. So when lockdown two happened, um, I, I think people just were a lot more calm. Yeah, Did it happen? You, yeah, yeah we, we all chilled out. So earlier you described yourself uh, as a multimedia artist. Mm -hmm. So we've talked a lot about your uh, figurines, but tell me something more about your broader work that you also produce. So I do digital prints as well, and also I work on original oil paintings, if I can get my hands on them, also in charity shops, junk shops, antique shops, um, and I'll physically paint onto them or collage things onto them. But I always see something that shouldn't be there and I have to put it in so that's my MO I think with everything just putting things in places where they've got no business being so I've got to you know imagine a picture of a clipper ship with a rough sea I want to put a banana boat into that into that picture with a speedboat pulling it along just something that's jarring and I do the same with my digital prints and I have to be quite careful with copyright so I use where I can copyright free art so it's been out of um well the artist actually i think has had to have been passed for a certain amount of years for it to then be in the public realm which means you can then use that artwork yourself and you're not going to basically get your ass sued so i found i don't want to reveal my sources but i have a source for um these beautiful original oils and obviously i'll download the high-res file and then get to work oh so that's how it, i do it is it a digital yes. so so if if you say so even if you found an oil yourself, you would digitise that and then you'd create on top of it, would you? Or would you paint onto the oil? Paint onto it. If it was an original that I found in a, in a, in a shop, I can paint onto that. But I do tend to get a high-res scan done as well so I can have, you know, potentially sell prints from that original. 
if that makes any sense. Mm, it so does, yeah. I've done the banana boat one, I'll take it to my printers, they'll do a beautiful scan of it, and then I've got that forever on file. But when I don't have an original to work on, then I'll download these digital files that are provided by this website that I'm not going to reveal. And um, that's, you know, so I'll, I'll, you know, I can put a cigarette in a lady's mouth or... My, my most recent digital work that I haven't actually unleashed onto the world yet is, it's an old cottage scene and I just thought that's perfect for a nail bar, a nail salon. So I've created a sign saying nails, sorry, gales, nails and cocktails with one of those really 80s pictures in the window of a lady with her, her you know, her nails done and a big hairdo. So it looks really incongruous because you've got this beautiful old sort of 17th century cottage, but it's also a nail bar. And then I'll create the story, obviously, about how the women of the village will go to get their shellac nails done every Friday because they've spent all week doing the washing and the mangling and the cooking in their hands are a state. But the one thing that they can look after is their nails. How much of your publishing career and what you did there and sort of particularly with the celebrity stuff do you think that influences your work now and how you're creating it do you think it has a connection yes and no i mean i still am weirdly in not so obsessed but i do keep up with what the a to z listers are doing to my shame i mean the first thing i do in the morning is scroll and i hate myself for it but i i like yeah i do like that sort of element of I wouldn't say celebrity in my work, but I want people. I, I still want it to be kind of accessible in that way. But in terms of actually writing, I never got to write in my previous role because graphics, the graphics, you know, the art, the art desk. You wouldn't even be able to write a caption. It's just not allowed. It could only be done by a sub or you know one of the the, the staff writers. And maybe part of me was frustrated by that as well because I think, I mean, we're all creative. We're as humans, we are all creative. But I think if you feel that you, it's it's somehow you're not allowed to express that creativity, you know, it has to come out in some way. So maybe yeah, maybe it has influenced my work. It's funny that, isn't it? Yeah, we we are all creative, and mm. and and you know, I don't know. I get the sense that sometimes people stifle that creativity sometimes because we've been told that actually I'm not an artist, you know, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. But in reality. I suppose everyone is. You just got Absolutely. to free yourself, right? You got to allow yourself to just experiment, as I suppose you've done with the the figurines. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. I mean, I think there's an artist in everybody, and I just it makes me so cross um, to think that at school that kids can get chastised by their art teacher, for example, if they can't render a picture of a cheese plant accurately. It's it's just bollocks. It, it's it's not as, as as simple as that. And I think you know the art should be encouraged wherever possible and it's just a, a, a huge shame that the budgets are being cut left right and center around sort of arts subjects at school and universities it, it just yeah i just i just don't think that's a good thing at all and i also think i mean my art my my when i was at school i loved art but i wasn't really encouraged i felt in fact yeah i felt very sort of discouraged by my art teacher which is probably why it was only years later that i thought I had the confidence in myself that I could I could make a go of it. Yeah, it was in my mid forties. Gosh. Yeah. There you go. Cheers, art teacher. I'm, I'm not going to name and shame. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you are right. I mean, and you know, and it's it's about what you 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 your um the the environment around you. Do, do you feel that there's a supportive environment around you to do what? Because it doesn't matter if it's good or not. You know, people doing art is doing art. Yeah. 
right? And mm-hmm. and and it's an un, uh, un, it's outletting your creativity out there, and that in in itself is a is a good thing. It's got to be. Yeah, definitely. I mean, my my support network's very small at the moment because obviously we're still in lockdown. Uh, but I, I I do occasionally run things past my husband and say, do you, "What do you think of this one?" And he'll be brutally honest. And I know I can't ask him unless I'm willing to accept what he, you know, what he's going to say. Sometimes he'll, he'll just say, don't think it's your finest. And then I'll... But he's usually right. And then I'll go back and do a few changes. And then, you know, and then it's, yep, yep, we're there now. But I just think, yeah, if, I think if someone just gets any pleasure at all out of doing whatever they, they want in that sort of artistic... Even if it's just drawing a tree or a flower and it makes them happy then I think that is there is the important thing that's worth it isn't it yeah definitely Lucy thanks very much Uh, we'll leave it there thanks for talking to us on Art Related Noise well my absolute pleasure It it was great to be here